Great is your mercy towards me, your loving kindness towards me, your tender mercies I see day after day forever faithful towards me always providing for me great is your mercies towards me great is your grace great is your mercy towards me your loving kindness towards me your tender mercies i see day after day forever faithful towards me you're always providing for me great is your mercies towards me great is your grace good afternoon good afternoon good afternoon and welcome 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 to sunday dialogue with life nation i am prophet shante charles and my co-founder apostle robert charles we greet you today in the name of the father the son and the holy spirit let's go ahead and take a moment to open today up in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy and your loving kindness that you continue to show us, that you continue to shower us with, that you continue to pour out upon us. Father, I ask that you let the words of my mouth today and the meditation of my heart and the heart of those that would join me today in corporate prayer and study, let our hearts be hearts that are aligned with you, that are aligned with your word, that are aligned with love and joy and peace, goodness, mercy, loving kindness, truth, justice, equity, and all of the other good things that is embodied in you, God of all creation. It is in your son, Jesus Christ's name that we pray, believe, and receive. Amen and amen. So I want to welcome you today to our Sunday Dialogue. If you're with us for the first time, welcome. We are typically here on Sundays at 2.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, broadcasting on uh, Facebook under Life Nation, broadcasting on YouTube at our YouTube channel, Church Love 333, and also podcasting at anchor.fm forward slash daring dialogues also can be found on spotify and google play so again i want to thank you for listening in for tuning in thank you to those who have been sharing our broadcast sharing our podcast listening to the series and thank you for your feedback today i am here to summarize woman god's superpower on earth 
And after I complete my summary today, we're going to go into a time of corporate prayer. Um, the Lord really impressed upon my heart to do that. I know many of you who follow us, who listen to us, you're already in your word. You're already studying. You're already maturing in your faith. You're already praying. But I do want to take some time today live for us to go into corporate prayer for three things primarily. One, we're going to be praying for our nation and we're going to be praying for the world at large and what is happening in our world concerning wars. Two, we're going to be praying for those who are grieving and who need comfort. And also the final thing we'll be praying for, not necessarily in this order, but we'll be praying for those who may be dealing with illnesses in their body and we'll be praying for healing. So as we look at the seven weeks that we've had to learn about and to share on woman being God's superpower on earth, apostle really kind of dug into the subject matter. So we're not going to rehash all of what we have learned, but I want to focus on something that the Holy Spirit gave me today. Because now that we know so much more, right, now that we've gone through the scriptures and we've looked at examples of women as God's superpower on earth, we've looked at how God redeems women. We looked at the healing power of women. We looked at the role of women in society and alongside their, her male counterpart. I want to just look a little bit more about the wonder of women. So as I was um, reading through and kind of looking at some different points that Apostle shared, I wanted to add in some more natural context because I think a lot of times people um, miss some of the amazingness about us as women in general. So I hope today you will come away from today's message knowing and understanding your worth, your value as a woman not just on the spiritual side and in the spiritual context, but also in the natural and in seeing how those two things play together and work together. We learned um, that a woman, right, is a help meet. And we learned through our study that a woman is not just a help meet for man, but she is a help meet for mankind. She's a help meet for society's well-being. We learned about the the specific word ezer and k-inegdo, which means to save, to have power, and to be strong. And one of the things that the Holy Spirit impressed upon me as I was uh, going back over the study and reading back over some of the scriptural texts, he said an erasure of women an erasure of women is an erasure of future life production. An erasure of women is to jeopardize a nation's ability to sustain itself. And so immediately as I was uh, getting that download today from the Holy Spirit, he immediately said, go back and look at Japan. Um, look at uh, China and what happened with China. 
In January of 2016, China reversed its one birth policy of the prior 35 years that it had held this policy. And in that policy, if you were a person living in China, you could only have one birth. Now, whether that birth was a single child or whether that birth was twins, you were only allowed to have one birth in their government. If you had anything other than that, you were fined and there were other um, legal consequences that happened to you as a family. But in January of 2016, China reversed their one birth policy and all families, they had announced that all families could have two children. And if you were a married couple, you could have up to three children. Well, they went even further than that because in 2021, in the midst of um, the world's worst, you know, disease contagion happened all over the world, right? In the midst of that, and so many lives were taken worldwide, in 2021, they changed that policy further to people could have as many children as they wanted to without fines or other consequences. They ended the policy. This is a quote from their government. They ended the policy to quote, improve the balanced development of population. Why? Because as the Holy Spirit said to me, an erasure of women is an erasure of future life production. An erasure of women is to jeopardize a nation's ability to sustain itself. And if you didn't know about their policy, it was often looked down upon to have a girl child. But now a reversal has come because guess what? Women are God's superpower in the earth. As apostle shared with us in detail over the past seven weeks, women were here from the beginning. We were here from the beginning in God's mind and we were here from the beginning when he said, let us make man, let us make human in our own image and in our own likeness. We are the image of God along with the man. We are not an afterthought as women. So no one should be making you feel as though you are an afterthought. You are not an afterthought. And we are not solely here for the assistance of just one man, but we are here to assist our world. Now, I want you to think about this because again, just this past seven weeks has had me just diving into some things about the wonder of who we are. Biologically, geneticists have discovered that all human embryos start life as females, as do all embryos of mammals. In the second month or about six to seven weeks of gestation, the expression of a gene on the Y chromosome induces changes that result in the development of maleness. It is in that time that the genes begin to result in the development of testes that belong to the male. So sex or gender 
begins in the womb between six to seven weeks in gestation. Now, this does not shock me and it should not shock you because Eve is declared mother of all living. Think about that. Everybody starts off with no distinction, but initially as female, and that distinction begins to happen in the womb. But that distinction comes out of the female beginning to express maleness in the womb. Infant mortality is higher in boys than in girls in most parts of the world, with boys being biologically weaker and more susceptible to diseases and premature death. But yet women were the ones who were labeled in society as the weaker sex, when actually it's the other way around biologically. You will learn in child development that the black female child has the highest rate of survival and the white male child has the lowest rate of survival. So more attention and care has been given to the white male child. Again, this should not shock you if you understand a little bit about what's called mitochondrial Eve. In mitochondrial Eve, all humans share a common maternal direct ancestor known as mitochondrial Eve. Now, mitochondrial Eve, that genetics is traced all the way back to Africa. She lived in Africa. This DNA is the genetic signature passed from mother to child, i.e. Eve being the mother of all living. So we could, we could really say that both science and spirituality agree. For all of my people who love both. Humanity then becomes the offspring of this woman who genetically came out of Africa. We all can trace our ancestry to one woman out of Africa. So it should not surprise you that the black female child has the strongest chance of survival. It also should not surprise you because the female develops and then out of the female, the male develops in the womb around six to seven weeks of gestation. So it's all pointing back to what? Women being the power on the earth. So that's beyond spirit. That's scientifically, biologically, and genetically proven. So when you decide to fix your lips or fix your mouth to devalue a woman, you are literally devaluing the source code of all living things. Humanly. It's not something you want to do. You don't want to join in with people who are doing it. 
You don't want to amen and co-sign people who devalue women. Because what are you signing up for? When we say the mother of all living, looking at the word mother, that word comes from the word mater, which means nourishing mm. or to give birth to. So when you devalue mothers, you devalue, you speak against, you come against the thing that is supposed to nurture and give birth. So again, I want you to reflect on the people around you that are devaluing what it means to nurture, that are devaluing the very place where birth comes from, that are devaluing the very place that gives us our genetic signature. That's not something you want to do. Not if you want to have a nourishing life on earth. The word woman comes from the word wife men. It does not come from, people often teach that woman is comes from two words, womb and man. That's actually not true. The word woman comes from the word wife man. It was an ancient word for being a wife, also known as a wife person. And the Latin version of woman is female. So all of these words were tied into being a wife, being a wife person. So there was humans, there were wife mans, and then there were man mans. <laughs> All right. God holds the woman or the wife man in such high regard that his collective human body gets called the bride or the newly married wife man with himself being detailed as the groom or the guma or the man or the human being, or I really love this word, the hero. That's the origin of groom, means hero. So Christ is the hero of the ecclesia. He says, I'm going to identify you with the woman who has a saving power about herself, but even in her own saving power, I'm going to be the hero. I'm going to come and save the savior. He doesn't take away woman's ability to save. He just says, I'm going to come in as the hero. If you want to read more on that, go to Revelations 21, verse 9 through 11. And the comparison of Christ and his relationship with the ecclesia is compared to the husband and his relationship with his wife. 
So there's an element of rescuing in the meaning. As Apostle Robert taught us and shared with us, that women are the saviors of mankind because they are the gateway for humanity. Think about it. Mitochondrial Eve is literally telling you the gateway for humanity came from one woman out of Africa. Gateway to humanity. Well, someone said, well, isn't there a possibility where a, a woman can have a child without a man? There actually is. It's called parthenogenesis. Yeah. This is an asexual reproduction and it is unnaturally found. It's an unnatural event in mammals, but it is possible. Again, this is something that women can do that men cannot. As Apostle Robert taught, women are needed to fill the earth and cause creation to flourish. So even in that unnatural event, the possibility is there for a woman if she had to reproduce by herself, she could. They call it a virgin birth, but the, the scientific term for it is parthenogenesis, okay? People like to downplay the power of women, but I want to tell you, and I hope you have been encouraged through this series, that we will not be downplayed. We will not be downplayed. In the past, especially in Western society, Back all the way into the 1300s and 1400s, women were said to have smaller or less creative brains. Women were banned from things like art academies and seminaries and other universities. They could not be out alone in public, including religious spaces and churches. And they had to have a male authority or an older woman present to accompany them because they were deemed to not be intelligent enough to be about in society. Women's work was often discounted and discredited or outright claimed and stolen by men. This behavior went on in the BC before Christ, in the AD, in the year of our Lord, and it is continuing all the way up till the present day in varying degrees around the world. But we know better. And I hope through the series, if you've not listened to and heard the entire series, go back through our videos and start from the beginning. I hope through this series, you've been able to learn more about your value as a woman and the women in your life if you are a man. You, woman, are something amazing and wonderful. You are more than your outward appearance. You are more than what the eye can see and what the ear can hear. You are more than what the mind can behold. You, woman, 
are vital to this world. Now, as we shift now into prayer, I want you to think about how this world is being shaped right now in this very moment. I want you to think about who is leading the charge right now in the world when it comes to genocide and terrorism and war. I want you to think about who is not using logic and reason and negotiating peace. Think about it. Because we're looking for a better world, but it starts with who's in power. It starts with who is in charge. So let us go ahead and let's shift now into our time of prayer. Lord, we lift your name on high today. Father, we give you glory, we give you honor, and we give you praise. Father, we're asking that you look upon our world leaders Look upon the U.S. government. Look upon our non-elected government-appointed officials and commissioners. Look upon our cabinet, our Senate, our governors, our House of Representatives. Look upon those who are ruling and voting in the United Nations, the U.N. and the foreign ambassadors. Look upon the National Security Center the members of the NGO. Look upon governing bodies throughout the entire world. Look upon our U.S. and state Supreme Courts and their judges. Look upon our departments of justice. Look upon our state and national law enforcers, the CIA, the FBI, the DEA, the EPA, the NSA, all of these entities. Look upon the Ecclesia, those who are under denominations, seminaries, church leaders, bishops, priests, clergy, pastors, families, those who are in charge of the spiritual health and growth of human beings in the world. Look upon business leaders, businesses, all the unions, world economies, Look upon those financial institutions that control things like the stock market. Look upon the Federal Reserve and the IMF, the SEC, the people making laws and decisions concerning our economy and the world economy. Your health plan for America, your health plan in other parts of the world. Look upon those who are leading scientific research. Look upon those who are leading in communications, television and radio and broadcasting, journalists, those who have the responsibility to share information and disseminate in a truthful, equitable and just fashion. Look upon those who are in charge of connecting the world through the web, through internet, through service providing, through cyberspace, mm. through computer operations, through computer highways and data banks, through social media, through newspapers and magazines, all forms of media 
and all members of the press. Look upon those who are connected to all of these interest groups, special interest groups, including environmental interests, lobbyist groups. All of these factions and individuals and groups have a tremendous influence on our public. Thank you, Father, that all of the people and groups and organizations that we have lifted up to you, we declare, God, that they will cleanse themselves from all defilement of flesh, of spirit, that they will not be controlled by the works of darkness, but that they will only be controlled, they will only be led, they will only be guided by the light, by the fruit of light. They will only be guided, Father God, by holiness, by truth, by righteousness. Father, we pray that those who have been responsible for destruction, for evil, for wickedness, for things done in the dark, we pray, Father, they, they will repent and that they will change their direction. We pray, Father God, for your mercy. We pray, Father God, that this perverse generation, those who have taken part in perverting the way of justice, perverting the way of truth, perverting the way of righteousness, that they will shift and repent. And those who refuse to repent, those who have hardened their heart against mercy, against justice, against truth, against empathy, against compassion. Father, we pray that you will deal with those things swiftly. Father, we pray that you will protect us in our families, in our friends. Protect your human souls, your human life from chemical, biological, and radioactive nuclear attacks. We pray for protection against warfare from all unknown and foreign entities. We pray for protection against things like suicide bombers. We pray for protection from organized crime groups, from sexual trade groups, from traffickers, from stalkers, from kidnappers. We pray for protection against street violent gangs. We pray for protection for human life against all terrorists, against all terrorist cells, not just those that are foreign, but those that are trying to operate here in America. We pray, Father God, for those who have been involved in all kinds of theft from your people, that they would be exposed, that they would be rooted out, people involved in identity theft, people who have been involved in hacking, people who have been involved in scamming, that these people will be exposed 
and brought to justice. We pray, Father God, against any militia that is going against the principles of actual justice and truth and peace. We pray, Father God, against any incurable diseases, viruses, infections. We pray for protection for your people, that they would be in good health, that they would be whole, that they would listen to your voice and follow your guidance in order to live healthy, that they would not refuse your voice when you're telling them to change, when you're telling them to shift, when you're telling them to move, when you're telling them to adjust their diets, when you're telling them to not go certain places. Father, we pray for a keen sense of hearing, that they would hear what your spirit is saying to them that provides the peace, the protection, and the safety in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. We pray for those that are ill even now. We thank you, Lord, that you have promised to pardon all of our iniquities and to heal all of our diseases. Thank you, Father, that you will set free those who have been given death sentences, those who have been given notices, those who have been told they have a certain amount of days left. Father, we pray that you would show them your mercy, show them your compassion. Father, that you would extend their time, that you would allow them to return to health. Father, I pray even now that you will again have compassion on them, that you will tread their iniquities underfoot, that you would heal their bodies from all diseases. Father, that they will not be afraid and that they will believe that they shall be made well. I thank you, Father God, that they will go in peace, that they will have a relief from their symptoms, that they will have wholeness and wellness, that it would move in their body. Your power to heal, your power to heal, your power to heal would move in their bodies from the crown of their head to the very sole of their feet. And Father, if they have transgressed against you, if they are hiding iniquity, that they will confess those transgressions to you, Father. And you said, Father God, you will forgive the guilt that is holding them captive. I thank you, Lord, that you will heal those who are sick and you will say to them that the kingdom of God has come near to them. I thank you, Father, that you are the Lord that heals us from all of our diseases and heals us and delivers us from our afflictions. I thank you, Father, that you will grant your healing to those that need it. I thank you, Father, that those who have been dealing with long-term illness, that it is not a illness unto death, but I thank you, Father, that you will raise them back up, that you will bring them health. I thank you, Father, that you will cure them, that you will reveal to them an abundance of peace and truth, that you will lead them in a way not just of healing, but of wholeness and continued health, oh God. I thank you, Father God, 
that you said that if we confess our sins one to another and pray for one another, that we would be healed. You said, oh God, that the effective prayer, the fervent prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. And so we're asking you to accomplish the much on today. So whether it be heart issues, whether it be brain issues, whether it be liver or kidney issues, whether it be diabetes, whether it be cancer, whether it be congenital heart failure. God, there's so many diseases that have come in and enracked the bodies of your people. But I thank you, Father, for your mercy. I thank you for your compassion. I thank you for your healing that you don't withhold it from us. So as we find that healing, whether that healing be through instruction, whether that healing be through uh, medical procedure, whether that healing be through a dietary change, mm. whether that healing be through a supernatural move and instantaneous healing. Father, I pray that we be open to the ways in which you provide and bring forth healing in our lives. In your son Jesus' name. And Father, we give you glory and we give you honor, God, that you will touch our bodies and provide healing. And as we have that healing, as we receive that healing today, God, that we will walk in the instructions that your Holy Spirit will provide us to maintain our healing. Father, I ask you and I look upon and I ask you to look upon those who are grieving on today. Father, not just my own grief, my own loss, but those who have been grieving, those who have been crying out to you, those who have been despairing because of the loss of a loved one, because the, of the loss of even places of employment, because of loss in their finances, because of loss of a relationship, Father, we know there's many avenues of grief in our society. And so, Father, we're asking for comfort today. You said, oh God, that this is our comfort in our affliction, that your word will revive us. And so I thank you, Lord, that you are the one who can provide comfort to all who mourn. That you can take our mourning, Father God. And you can turn our mourning, you can turn our places where we have poured out our tears and we have created these, these, these wells around us, that you can take our mourning and turn it into joy. And so, Father God, I pray that you would comfort and cause us to rejoice from our sorrow. We don't ask, oh God, that you skip us through the stages of grief. We ask, oh God, that you turn our mourning into joy. And you said, God, that when we cry to you in our distress, that you will hear us and deliver us. I thank you, Father God, that we can pour out our hearts before you. We don't have to hold back. We can tell you what's going on. We can tell you how we feel. We can tell you the places where our hearts are broken. We can tell you how we have been disappointed. We can tell you our letdowns. We can pour out our hearts before you, O oh God. 
for you are our refuge in the time of trouble. I thank you, Father, that you will command your loving kindness in the daytime. And I thank you that your song will be on our lips in our night seasons. I thank you, Father, that you are our refuge and our strength. You are our very present help in trouble. Therefore, we do not have to fear. Though the earth should change, though the mountains might slip into the sea, we do not have to fear. I thank you, Father God, that those that have been dealing with grief and heartache, God, I pray that you will bring to them a measure of peace today. That when they lie down, they will not lie down afraid. When they lie down, they will not lie down depressed. When they lie down, they will not lie down despondent. When they lie down, they will not lie down as if there is no tomorrow. For Father, you have been acquainted with our grief and you have been acquainted with our sorrow. I pray, Father God, that they will be able to rest and that their sleep will be sweet. I thank you, Father God, that they will not be fearful, but that they will have their confidence in you, that you will keep them, O oh God. You will strengthen them. You will bring them out of their place of despondency and distress. And Father, that person, Lord God, that may be grieving today, that does not know how they're going to face tomorrow, that may not want to wake up for tomorrow, I pray, Father God, that they will find hope in you tonight, that they will see you, that they will know you, that they will sense your presence. For you said, God, that you are near to those who are of a broken heart and a contrite spirit. So I pray, God, that they will have the help of your presence. I pray, Father God, that they will hear your voice. I pray, Father God, that they will feel your protection. I pray, Father God, that they will feel your love, that the same God who placed the stars in the sky is the same God who knows them by name, who knows their address, who knows the very spot that they're in, who knows the very number of hairs upon their head. I pray, Father, that they would know that you will sustain them, you will carry them, you will rescue them, you will protect them, and you will comfort them. It is in your son Jesus' name that we pray, that we believe, and that we receive. Apostle, you have? Thank you, Father. With so much that is happening in our world, I thank you, God, for being here for us. I thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Whatever my life thou hast taught me to say it is well it 
Thank you today for your time and attention. This has been our Sunday Dialogue, and I have been sharing with you about being God's superpower on earth as women, and we have just concluded our corporate prayer for today. If you would like to contribute to the ministry, that information is located on our page. Again, I want to thank you for your time and attention. Remember, light is the most daring opposition to any darkness that you will face. The light of Christ is on the inside of you, and I encourage you to live that light and let that light shine outside of you. Shine into your environment, shine into the places that you will enter this week, and I pray the peace of God, the safety of God, and the protection of God forever be with you from now forevermore thank you again be well everyone and be light bless the lord